Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello and welcome to The Promised Land. Happy New Year to everyone listening and Happy New Year to Rob Blanchett. I'm Scott Saunders. Rob, I just said it. Happy New Year. How's it kicked off for you? Happy New Year to you as well, Scott. How's it kicked off for me? Oh, well, it still kind of feels a little bit like 2023, doesn't it? Um, no, New Year, new us. We'll be trying to do some new stuff on The Promised Land this year, but I don't know, Scott, we're here in the Man United universe. How do you feel about everything, Scott, going into 2024? Well, hopefully we'll get a new version of Man United at some point this year. I don't think it'll happen anytime soon because uh, we're reacting. Well, well, we'll look back a little bit at the defeat at Nottingham Forest, which came about in the usual fashion. United conceding goals from cutbacks. And uh, how many times can you make the same mistake? I think we counted like nine Nine times they've conceded that goal this season in all competitions. And uh, United are now, I think they're seventh in the league. Uh, They could even go six points or five or six points off sixth place in the league this evening uh, when West Ham play Brighton. If West Ham win, United will fall even further behind. It looks a little bit like United are drowning. You know, they're... um, (laughs) falling into the abyss, disappearing without trace, it seems at the moment, all under the watchful eye of Dave Brailsford from Ineos, who's been there for the last couple of games. And we'll, well, obviously we know what that means. We know uh, Brailsford is there. We know that appointments will be made above the manager. What will they do with the manager? We'll talk a little bit about that today, how his position is shaping up under the watchful eye of new ownership And uh, yeah, we'll talk about a few things today as well. It's a new year, but same old topics. Why are they conceding goals so easily? What's with the energy in the team? Where's all the chances? They're not making any. What's Eric Ten Hag's job looking like? How long will he stay in it? 10 more weeks? Who knows? We'll talk Rafa Varane's contract, Victor Lindelof's contract, some January transfer news as well. Who could leave? Could anyone come in? We will see. Uh, plenty to get through today, actually, Rob. Uh, mm. United don't play until... Oh, but it's next Monday, isn't it? The next game. 
Yeah, it's a while away. Obviously, we've got FA Cup season now starting, and then obviously the next league game is, I think, Spurs, isn't it, in two weeks' time. We're kind of in this faux English winter break now that they've kind of squeezed in there, but it does mean that there is now a period without football, and it's kind of like FA Cup will be the focus, won't it? Uh, is your last chance to maybe win a trophy. You know, I'd only play two games in January. I know. Two. Crazy, isn't it? So what are we going to do on the podcast? Oh, we're, we're, I'm sure with what's going on at Manchester United, there will be loads to talk about. Now we are in the January transfer window, Scott. We're already here. So uh, I think there's going to be a fair few things to discuss. Mm-hmm. New year, new us. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, we, we would like to obviously try and improve as best we can. Maybe we'll get a jingle this year, Rob. Yeah, a theme, maybe, theme tune. If anyone out there wants tune. to write us a theme tune that obviously won't infringe copyright rules on uh, on the internet, then please get in touch. Yeah, and we really appreciate, as we said last time, really appreciate the support that you gave us, all the love that you gave us throughout 2023, even some of the criticism. We welcome it, obviously. It's all a discussion. I think you guys know if you've been listening for a while, we try not to be overly over the top. Uh, we try and take things in our stride a little bit and have a bit more measured conversation than you'll usually see on social media and TikTok and some YouTube channels, this kind of thing. And some other podcasts even. But uh, yeah, we'll be fully going ahead as we have been on the promised land and hopefully we'll um, we'll get a theme to at some point. I'll try and sort it out and we'll try and bring you better content than we ever have before. And that's why you should subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and watch us on YouTube, The Promised Land, a Man United podcast. Like the video, subscribe, leave a comment, hit the notification bell so you don't miss a show as well. And we're on Apple, Spotify, Google, etc. If you'd like to subscribe on audio, follow us on social media as well, at double underscore Scott Saunders. I've, one of my New Year's resolutions, Rob, is to I have to embrace... I post on X or Twitter a lot, but I think I have to embrace posting on social media like TikTok and Instagram. I know we were talking just before we started and Rob is uh, unsure if he's going to get an Instagram. He he said, oh, am I going to give in? I don't want to. I don't want to. No, I think I should. No, no, no. no. I think I should. No, no, I think I shouldn't. I think I shouldn't. Definitely. Uh, you know, everyone knows I post on X. I still can't call it that. It's still Twitter, isn't it? Yeah, it's still Twitter. Anyway, um, now, look, do you know what you do, Scott? I'm tasking you here, opening on camera. If you can do your, your TikToking and your Insta stories or whatever and ever and ever, then that's at least the balance for the show that you're doing it. You can share that content there for oh, us. Fantastic. You will all look forward to that, I know. You can get Rob on Twitter and YouTube at underscore Rob underscore B and at TPLMUFC on X. And I also think YouTube as well. Yes. Uh, But yes, uh, subscribe, please, because we'll be bringing you shows. We'll be talking about football, even if there is no football being played by Man United, as is the case this month, apart from two matches. But there's plenty to sink our teeth into because things are changing above the manager. and take a few weeks for everything to be ratified, but you've already got... Dave Brailsford in there watching things in the flesh, thinking, oh, my God, what am I going to do here? Uh, Obviously, he and Jean-Claude Blanc, who will probably come into the picture in the next few weeks as well, probably set to meet Eric Ten Hag at some point. Going to get their their teeth into what's happening at Old Trafford at Carrington 
and all the offices as well. Talk that the wage bill could be slashed, and I think that is something massively long overdue. We'll talk Rafa Varane's contract later in the show, uh, but let's let's look a little bit back at the last game to start with, mm. because I know if you've been listening for a long time, you probably Rob's been more critical of Ten Hag than than I have. I've been, I think my my scope on it is he gets so much criticism that I don't need to criticize him because everybody's criticizing him. Uh, so just in the interest of trying to bring balance to the conversation, it's like, oh, sack the manager, sack the manager, sack the manager. It's a bit deeper than that, but also like seeing the, the way that United conceding goals and that sub that he made at halftime, uh, that, that was it for me, right? Now, yeah. uh, before I bring you in, Rob, that midfield of a six, let's say Cobby in this case, a six plus two eights who are attack-minded, let's say Ericsson and Bruno Fernandes, as, as it was the other day. Christian Ericsson, we know he doesn't really... He's not an up-and-down player anymore. He's technically very good, but not an up-and-down player. He never really was anyway. No. But when you're asking your midfield to cover every blade of grass, Bruno Fernandes can do it in, in terms of in the tank, maybe not in his mind. Uh, but when you... <laughs> Sorry, I'm just laughing at you saying that. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like he can do it in the tank, but he can't do it in his mind. Yeah. It's like, it's like that is the fundamental problem, isn't it? I, th- like, I think there's a stat that Bruno Fernandes covered more ground than anybody in 2020. I read that. But like, oh, he's, he's run more than the Premier League. It's like, they never played the Premier League. It's like, that's not actually a good thing. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah. Maybe run less and do more up here and affect the game. That's so funny, though, because that's that's the perfect way of describing Bruno Fernandes. It's like, he thinks he can do it. Problem yeah. is, we've watched him try and do it. He can't do it. Yeah, what, what I'll say, right, is if you want to play that midfield three, right, you need a defensive midfielder at number six. I don't think Kobe Kobe's a defensive midfielder. I think he no. is a central midfielder. Yeah. Right? Who's playing deeper. I, I think that's what he is. I think box to box. what you need... He's bo- Yeah, he's a box-to-box player. Hmm. So I think you play him in one of the eights. Yes, right? please. God, and yes. then you give that, that... That allows you the balance. Like, he has a lot of... You know, you could see it from early on. He, he's pretty intelligent. He knows how to receive the ball. He can get out of sticky situations in possession. He can he can distribute the ball, this kind of thing. Use that. Use him as one of your eights, right? Yes. And I know that they don't have a defensive-minded player in there because Casemiro is injured and Amrabat is he's out for another month because he's going to AFCON, but I don't know where he's been recently. But they don't have much more than that. And certainly, Scott McTominay is not a six. And... I think they they need somebody who's just going to sit in there, and I'm going to take Rodri as this, exam, this example, the, the prototype of a player that you need in there who's just going to sit in front of the defence and potentially come out if he needs to. Yeah. But his primary job is to protect the defence. You need one of those players, play Cobby as an eight, and then maybe you can facilitate Bruno Fernandes or a mount or somebody else as an eight slash ten. Mm. Do not, and we've been seeing this all season, please do not, Ab- abandon this this thing, man, because you're not helping yourself. And I'm talking to the manager here. He's under a lot of scrutiny, and it's right because he's lost nine matches in 20 in the Premier League. They're out of the Champions League. They're seventh in the league. They're falling fast away from the Champions League places. Mm. And <clears throat> you bring Kobe Manu off for Scott McTominay at halftime in this match. And every single person watching saw it coming. 
I, I posted that Ralph Wiggum uh, heartbreak gif from The Simpsons when I saw that that sub, sub was happening because I knew what was happening. And then what do you know? Two goals are conceded because Scott McTominay can't hold his position. And I'm not blaming McTominay here. He's just not that type of player. So it's on the manager to stop playing in there. Uh, yeah. But sorry, I've gone on for long enough. Go on, Rob. No, look, I, I know what you're saying, Scott, and I think everyone agrees. And and I think this is the balancing point, isn't it? Because we've been quite overt in our support for Eric Ten Hag, <clears throat> looking at the players, the same problems at the football club. How do you fix stuff? But if you're going to cut your head off at half time and then not expect your players to run around like headless chickens, then what are you doing? What is the actual plan? And I think putting Scott McTominay in the six, in that formation is 100% on the manager, completely on the manager. The manager controls the tactics. The manager controls the plan. The manager tells the players what to do, and then it's up to the players to try and do it. So you're telling Scott McTominay to be the six and to cover. Guess what? Your midfield is just going to be like a motorway with traffic running through it. Eric Ten Hag knows this. Eric Ten Hag doesn't have to be a tactical genius to it's work that It's been happening since the Wolves game, <coughs> the first been, game of the season. Scott's been happening for 18 months. Like, he does know this. We saw very early on, right at the start of his tenure, that when United left holes in the midfield, that they'd just get smashed in that area. So we've also given him his due in terms of the injuries and said, you've got lots of injuries. We understand. You wanted to buy Mason Mount and be the eight. He's not been available. You've not been able to do this. You've had to bring in players like Hannibal, who's on fringes of the squad to help you out from the bench. That only helps with a certain amount. Now we're talking about Dan Gore. Like, you know, we're really going down the food chain in terms of the youth products to get, get players of quality into the setup. But let's be completely honest is that in that game to fix it against Nottingham Forest, you felt that you were going to take your best, like I would say, constructive midfielder out of the game, which is Cobby. And you took him out because he's tired. This is what Eric said to us afterwards. He said the, the energy wasn't the same. The energy wasn't there, but come on. like what, 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 what? So you're replacing him with an energy like for like. So you're saying that Scotty brings the energy in that position and does the work. Well, he might bring the energy in there without a head running around headlessly. But do you know what? He'll get exposed. You're playing Nottingham Forest, Scott. Man United's midfield and team made Anthony Alanga look like a world-class wide forward. Yeah, and this is a guy who was in your team not so long ago. So I think a lot of this is that there is some kind of like self-sabotage in some of the play. Like if you're going to do these things, you're going to see bad things. Like it's obvious, isn't it? And I think when you're going to do that to your midfield, I was watching the game and I was again saying to my son as we were watching it, I was saying, you know, United have got two number eights here. They're effectively number tens and can't really play the eight properly. So they need a proper six behind them. But I don't think Cobby's a proper number six. And I'm telling you, Scott McTominay is not even a midfielder half the time. He's a centre forward in his brain. So you're doing all these things and you're going to lose more football matches, but you're at a crossroads now with a new owner and a new boss. The reason why Dave Brailsford is sat there in the stand, Scott, is to show us that they are there watching. Because when they make their call and they fire the gun, and if they fire it at Eric Ten Hag, they will say, we've been at these games. We know. We've been, <laughs> we're sitting here with Sir Alex and we've all got big, long, sad faces on us. The manager picks the team, Scott, at the end of the day. You've got to live and die by those things. Yes, you've got injuries, but so have Newcastle. So have other clubs, you know, but you're the team trending down 
while they all kind of hover around where they're trying to stay. You just said they're United to six. We're nowhere near the sixth best team in the Premier League. Seventh. Seventh. Like seventh. We, or, we, we, we are a mid-table team. You watch us at the moment. We're tenth in, in reality. One thing just to add there, Scott, which was a lot of the stats coming out after the back of the uh, Forest game, is that United are effectively last in their attacking matrix mm. in the league, 19th and 20th. You are below Luton in some of your attacking metrics. It is a joke. Doesn't that's not on it? That's nothing to do with injuries. That's everything to do with function about your what you're trying to do. This United team doesn't quite know what it is and still doesn't. Even with the injury, Scott, the players coming in might not be as good, but they should be able to attack and do certain things and be maybe the 15th best team in the league, not the 19th, not the 20th. So that's what they'll be looking at when they make these decisions over Eric Ten Hag, because they'll be saying that to the manager and saying, how come you guys can't even get a shot off? Like, what, what is actually happening here? You set Marcus Marshall up with one chance, Scott. He scores. Maybe set your strikers up with more chances. Maybe. Maybe go there. Like, go attack teams. But United are not doing that at the moment. And I think that is a worry. No, I'm not saying at all. Like, and I know that people are... You have to be fully in one direction. Like I said at the top of the show. Like, yeah. That's not kind of what this podcast is. not why I am anyway. It's, mm. you know, I'm, I'm not saying get him out. I'm not saying sack the manager. Like... Some people have seen enough, and I completely get it because we've been seeing this for a long time. And you're completely right to feel that way if that's how you feel. I personally think the problems are, are above the manager. But at the yeah. same time, if you're making mistakes that everybody can see, you're not helping yourself. And yeah. you're certainly not helping yourself in front of your new bosses who are, who are there watching. I'm fully advocating like, they, they need the right manager, but what I wanted them to give Ten Hag enough time to work things out because he's trying to install discipline. But, you know, if you're making decisions like that and the fans can see it and the players are then probably thinking, I could probably see that as well. I can see that that's not working. They can. You, you kind of lose belief in it. He's not helping himself. And yes, they have injuries. They do. But while you have injuries, it might mean that you have to take your foot off the pedal a little bit and be a little bit more disciplined because I, I think he says this a lot he says we we need to defend with 11 and attack with 11 the players in your team i'll take ericsson an example they can't he, he can't do everything he's not a box-to-box midfielder and i think no. the box-to-box midf- and bruno fernandez he had like i said he has the energy but he doesn't have the brain really he thinks i want to make i want to make chances i want to create goals i want to score mm. goals this kind of thing they are not eights. No. Neither of them. No. They're, they're both tens. How many eights you got, really? Um, I, I, I'd say Cobby's an eight, person. Cobby. Cobby's your eight. Um, how many more are there? Mount's a ten, mm. really. You're yeah. using tens as eights. And if you're talking about defending with 11 and attacking with 11, you don't have midfielders in those two positions above the defensive midfielder mm. to do put the same energy in saying going forwards as backwards. Yeah. So that's why the holes are made. Yeah. Uh, so you and- know that, Scott. I know that. I think a lot of our audience know that. So why does Eric Ten Hag do what he's doing? Because I think this is it, is that I agree with you, no doubt that the issues are above. But we're hopefully now getting to a period where that excuse gets extin- extinguished a little bit because you now have a new football department. So when 
you know, if you have Dan Ashworth up there and Dave Brailsford and Jean-Claude Blanc, how long do we go down the line before we say, well, none of that is about that anymore. This is about tactics. Because to me, this little bit that we're talking about and why you're losing football matches is fundamentally tactical because it's your choices at the end of the day. Like you're just saying there, Scott, if you haven't got the eights, then don't play a system with two eights. Yeah, play a system that's four two three one. calm it down. You do not have to be Manchester United killing absolutely everyone every week if you can't do it. What you have to do is you do have to park the bus some weeks. Yeah, sometimes you have to go to Nottingham Forest and just plug the holes and play counter-attack and say, we're not going to let that ladder langer make us look stupid because he used to play for us. He made us look stupid, Scott. So I, th- the I point feel... where people are saying, why did we sell him? He's, he's better than what we've got. I, I, I disagree with that completely. I disagree. I disagree with that. I think he made the right move for him. It's just, you're not seeing the players who were kept ahead of him maximize their own potential. Absolutely. Which is and... the manager's fault. It, it is. And the, the only other thing I'd say, That's Rob, it. is if you want to play those high eights, and you want to have that much space between. The other way to do it would be to play a higher line. Hmm. And you don't have the defenders to do that at yeah. the moment. So, you know, I think that's that's something that people said the other day, that he uh, he played a higher line after the Villa game in the hmm. second half. And it really worked a treat because they were they're pressing was a lot better, this kind of thing. You don't have... Johnny Evans can't play a high line. Harry Maguire can't play a high line. Rafa Varane... You have Rafa. your doubts. Yeah, for, I don't think Varane can play the line. I think he's more no. likely. It's the problem. So you need different defenders. I think even Martinez is not that quick, but at least he's positionally, you know, pretty good. So that means, again, you don't have the profiles to play in the way you want to play. And it's all right to see it in spurts, this kind of thing. But if you... The thing is, you're not getting... F- all the time, you're not getting the full... What Ten Hag wants to do. And you're not getting... You're getting kind of a mix of all the worst between Ten Hag's system and also the boring stuff at the same time. None mm. of the good stuff a lot of the time. So you're seeing one week it's, wow, that was exhilarating. That was really fun, like the Villa game. And then in the next, it's, what the hell was that? Yeah, so, and that's why, you know, you know I was saying, has to get, sort this out, doesn't he? Don't get too high, don't get too low. And everyone knows, kind of go and preach that. Uh, like you just said about the Villa game, it's great that you go and win that football match, but you fundamentally messed that game up which is why you had to get back in the game. It's the same with Forrest, but the difference was with Forrest, you couldn't do it, Scott. You didn't have that again. So, you know, I, I think like, like football doesn't have to be played with one tactic, two tactics, three tactics. It's, there's dozens and hundreds and hundreds of things you can do on a football pitch to negate the opponent and to make sure that you don't like just cut your own throat. And Man United are constantly cutting their own throat in football matches. Now, we can say that you haven't got the players to do what you want to do, then you're going to have to do something different because you're losing games. You've lost nine Premier League games. Nine. It is January. It is unacceptable. So, again, Scott, I always imagine this just in like normal business, like in our jobs and other jobs, is that if you're sat there with people from above, they're going to say things to you. Like to Eric Tenog, they'll be going, we understand what your problem is. We understand you haven't got the players you want. We understand that you... You, you've lost games, you've had injuries. But, mate, why are you doing this? Because it doesn't make sense. So I think this is the problem for Eric. I understand why people are getting frustrated by it, because I watch the games, and at halftime, what were you and me sending each other? Crying emojis, because we saw the halftime, and we saw what he did, and he brought on Scotty, and you were like, well, we're done. He must know. 
you know, and, and this is what gets me impassioned is that I have all, I have the faith in Eric Ten Hag and I have the sympathy, but I'm watching all of this, Scott. And I'm like, yeah, but you are, you are hurting yourself here. <laughs> you can't, and you it, can't and excuse it. You know? And it's not, and it's not in the name of progression. It's not like, well, do you know what? We're doing this now and in three months' time, it'll be fine because everyone's on the same page. No, it's the same problems that it was last year. And when you got injuries last year, Casemiro went out the team and then you lost Martinez, obviously, to his injury at the end of the season. You were terrible. You were awful at the end of the season after you won the League Cup. It's the same form now. It's not any different. It's exactly the same problems. But you're on six, seven, eight months onwards and you haven't found solutions within the, the network of players that you already have, Scott. So you just said they're about high line. If you want to play a high line and those players don't do it for you, you've got a 19-year-old called Kambuala who can play the high line. So play him now. Yeah, you know, swallow your pride. Play youngster again, like we said about Cobby, only three three months ago when people said you can't play a kid in there. I think we all now believe that Cobby's our best central midfielder, don't we? You know, you want him in every game and that's sad. But I think Kambuala, if you were playing him at the end of the season, you'll be going, yeah, he's a starter now because he's that good. So, yeah. you know, Garnacho, probably our best forward on the left-hand side. It's sad that we're saying that about 18, 19 and 20-year-olds. I think Eric Ten Hag has to facilitate that, Scott. The, the excuses will run out and they'll run out very soon, Scott, because you've got a new boss upstairs who will want some kind of instantaneous changes in what you're doing as well if they're going to give you hundreds of millions of pounds of new footballers. So Eric's not cutting the mustard, I'm afraid. And I, and I fear for him. I totally do. New year, new podcast. New new this football is, club. Like, we, we've never... Um... I'm sure maybe people are listening to this if they've listened for a few months and thinking, wow, this is really critical of Ten Hag. I don't think we've ever been this critical of Ten Hag. I've always been. I I know you have. Yeah, Yeah. because I I want him to succeed. I have faith in him. He was the manager I wanted, and he's still the manager I want. I don't really want Graham Potter. I don't want the alternatives. But if he's losing games in the way he's losing games, Scott, then you have to be accountable. And, And unfortunately, even if your players are the same players from regimes gone by and you'd like to buy new players, you haven't got four years. You haven't. You've got four games to prove that you can put a set of tactics out there that at least compete with other Premier League teams. Scott, you're 20th in the metric, and some of those metrics, the attacking metrics. It's unacceptable. That has got to come from the manager. You have to take responsibility for well, that. It seems ways. like the, the only real way they create chances at the moment is either on the counter-attack when that becomes yeah. available, or from a high press. Mm. Like Gar- Garnacho uh, inter- intercepting the ball from Turner. At the yeah. weekend, Bruno Fernandez intercept or uh, dispossessing someone in Baston Villa's half in the in the game before that. Yeah, uh, it was a counter attack goal, which it was a, it was a nice move, mm. which uh, was disallowed because of offside in the in the Villa game as well. But you know, like, yeah. it's just not good enough, really, is it? And I, I know that Rashford got got a goal the other day, but you got to see more. It, it has to you have to see more, and I think it's not in my running order, but Anthony. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm with you. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> and we've backed give, him as well. I've given him a lot of chat. I've given him yeah. time and a lot. Like, I, I really have. Um, How many goals and assists has he got in the last 30 games, mm, Scott? Yeah, zero, isn't it? Zero, nothing. Not good enough. Um, and, and he looks like a player. Down. He's very predictable. Go on, yeah. sorry, Sorry, sorry. So I didn't mean to jump in on you there. He, he looks like a player that is actually a reflection of what's going wrong. You know, like so that Eric Ten Hag picks him, buys him, spends ninety odd million, eighty odd million on him because he can do the press. 
but your team just presses when it wants, like intermittently. And like you just said there, when they did press on Forrest, they got that goal. When it was great with Garnacha to get the ball and then have the presence of mind to square the ball perfectly for Marcus. Because then Marcus is like, oh my God, finally a, a, a normal chance for me where I'm not fighting six footballers off me. You know, I've got a chance just to put it in the bottom corner and I did that. But I think the problem there, Scott, is like you say about Anthony, is that if that isn't working and you have to find different ways of doing it, just the, just the way it is, and you have got still 20-odd players at your mercy, you're just seeing a lad walk out the football club. It's, this isn't on the running order, but obviously Donny van der Beek has gone, right? And this is a player who was brought to Man United to do a certain function, yeah, to be someone that fits between the 8 and the 10, to be able to be a third-man runner, to give you stuff. We'd never seen a good performance out of Donny van der Beek, except maybe the 10 minutes where he came on on his debut, scored a goal, and that's it. That's his career in one highlight. But this is a manager that knows that player and still couldn't get more out of him. He was someone that you could have used at some point. So this is why I look at this and I kind of go, I get why he's looking at, say, Ericsson and Bruno as the eights. But if you can't play that system, don't play that system. Do something mm. different. Bore the pants off us and win 1-0. I said it off camera. Forrest have got a brand new manager in Nuno. I don't think Nuno's a, a tactical genius. You can already see that that Forest team has some different tactics and is doing some different things. It's a new manager bounce, as we call it. Eric's been with this lot now for 18 months, Scott. It, it, it feels like that new manager bounce kind of happened in the middle of last season for 20-odd games. And in this season, it, it feels like he's been there 100 years. So it's not a good look. And I want Eric to, to succeed. But every, with every game, Scott, we get something worse. And we kind of go... He said at the end of the game, Scott... I made that tactical change at halftime. It was a tactical change and I stand by it and I don't regret it. If you don't regret it, mate, it's on you. You made that change. <laughs> no one else. You know, you can't blame Scott McTominay for not being a very good number six, can you? And you're asking him to do all of that work. So it, it, it's frightening. That midfield looked like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's midfield, Scott. You know, like running through people, running through in waves. And well, I it didn't like, really because he would play McTominay and Fred to stop that happening. But what they would do in the double pivot in in Ole's days is that they would give like 50 yards up in front of them and teams could just like run through them. And that's what that felt like. It was like you had uh, Scotty playing six is a single single pivot and no one helping him and him not being able to help anyone else. And you've got to put that fire out if you're the manager. You've got to slow the game down and go, whoa, stop. Maybe I'm going to make this change now. I'm going to plug that gap. I'm going to take one of my eights off. I'm going to try this. He did try different things, but they're not tactical. Do you see what I mean? They're not like, oh, yeah, he's realised there's a problem there and he must fix that. It's like he's trying to do the same 4-1-4-1 thing for 90 minutes and you get to the end of games and you're looking ridiculous. So I don't know, Scott. That's what, if I'm, if I'm Jim Radcliffe putting billions into a football club and into a football team, I'm saying, hang on, if I'm going to give you new players. Tell me what you're going to do because I don't see it. Well, no, but it shouldn't be on the manager, should it? Like No. But you it's know, part it, of it. It's part of it. Yeah. Like you know, like we've talked about Bruno and Marcus and other players. These are the cornerstones of your club. And if they don't cut the mustard in certain areas, you still have to be critical. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Aside, critical of them, even though you might like them. We like Eric Ten Hag, but I see the criticisms. I'm like kind of I'm throwing it back at him and saying, find solutions. Because you haven't got as long as maybe people would want, Scott. Like you've got weeks, I think, here to sort this out. Because if you get six weeks into the future and it's as messy or worse, you're probably going to be 10th in the table if you're lucky, and you'll probably get sacked. You know, and, and and that's it. They're not going to sit around forever and just say, you know, if you look at what Ratcliffe has done at Nice, you know, he's done that. He's gone through multiple managers with managers that he liked. And he went, no, you tried it. It didn't work. Off you go. I tried this manager now. Right. OK, that hasn't quite worked. And they've fallen on someone somewhere down the line that works for them. That's kind of how they do it in football clubs. So I'm worried about Eric Ten Hag. I, I am because he's not affecting football matches from the touchline. And that's all a manager can do in a football match. I would say if you're shouting Ten Hag out, just probably be aware that the next person in is going to be Graham Potter. He's the next one. That that is if you're asking for Ten Hag out, just be aware. That's Graham who you Potter's get tomorrow. Next. That's who you're getting. You're not getting anyone else. It's, like, it's I'd a, be shocked. It's a done deal. It's a done deal. I I, I think that 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 United. It's a done deal, Rob. I'm saying it. I'm saying it's a done deal. I say, if Eric Ten Hag gets sacked tomorrow, you're getting Graham Potter. I um, and and I do that from my own sourcing. So that's what I feel because I think Ineos see that vision and see that if they can bring someone into house who's a manager like that and fits fundamentally what they're trying to do, they're not going to go and play the game. They're not going to go and say, "Well, we might give you Zidane." No, you're not getting Zidane. They're not doing that. They want to run their project in a very focused way. So if you lose Eric Ten Hag, you are getting Graham Potter. That is a done deal. Then, unless they find a manager who just suddenly becomes available, 
Jurgen Klopp goes, I am leaving Liverpool and I've decided I'd like to go to Man United because that's fairy tales. That's not happening. But there isn't a lot of people out there that fits that. And it's going to be Graham Potter. Graham Potter is touting himself everywhere at the moment. His agent is out there knocking on doors. And the door that's opening, Scott, at the moment is Man United. There isn't a lot of other doors for him. Um, and, and I see that he fits that project. I see that he would get a year or two to fundamentally change a lot of things at United. It, we'd become like bright and light. Like that's what I think we'd probably become. But at the very, very top of the game with Manchester United. So that's who you get next. No doubt. Yeah, just be, just be, aware be ready. I, yeah. And if they go that route, we have to accept it because it is their So money. do you, if you're listening. <laughs> totally. Like that, That's how I feel is that I'd rather give Eric another six months or a year and can carry on the project. But you can't make these decisions that fundamentally kill you in football games. If you do that, you're going to, you, you're going to swing for it. It's going to be the end. And it, there's no way that billionaires will sit around and watch it. Like Dave Brailsford sat there, Scott. Have you seen his face? Like, you can read it. He sat there going, what am I watching? But that's what we're all feeling as well. And we've been with this football club through every last bad day, haven't we, in the last 10 years and beyond. So, I don't know. I just, I want it to be better for Eric, but he's got to he's got to make some certain decisions out there that, that mean you get better football. All right. So, follow us on social media, at double underscore Scott Saunders, on X, Instagram, TikTok. At underscore of underscore B on X and YouTube and at TPL MUFC on X. Get in touch with us. How long's Ten Hag got? We're not Ten Hag out. Things. We're not Ten Hag out, but we are Ten Hag play better football. <laughs> my my summary is he's not helping himself, and it's getting hard to defend him. Even for me, who yeah, I'm very I'm I've, I've defended him the whole time. I really mm. have. And I can defend him if he's going to play boring football because I've seen what he can do yeah. in very, very small doses. I've seen what he can do if everything comes together. And let's say if he gets a perfect team of all the players that are perfect for his positions, maybe things will work out. But he's got to get to the point where he's got to see it out long enough to get to that point. And if he keeps doing this, if he if he tries to run before he can walk, it ain't happening. I, I don't think. Well, it's like we said about the injuries, is that he's going to get these injured players back soon. But are we in the complete belief that when he gets all these players back, that things will just be fixed? I'm not. I'm watching this and I'm like, hang on. This is kind of what we saw before pre-season, what we saw during pre-season, when we've had players available and they still haven't been able to do it. They're a dysfunctional bunch, Scott. Like Again, I, off camera. I called them cowards. I still feel that a lot of this team is that they're in a lot of money and they're a bunch of cowards. They do it sometimes. They don't do it other times. So I think that's hard for the manager, isn't it? But he's got to find ways of getting them to do better things on a football pitch. And like, you know, you said it a minute ago, the players do know this as well. Like when you put Scotty in the six, that's going to create tension in the team because they're going to go, we've just lost our engine there with Cobby. And now we've got a lad in there who just kind of runs around and doesn't do the six work. So I then look at Bruno and go, oh, I feel sorry for Bruno. Because Bruno then is having to run around like a madman. He just wants to be a number 10. So I don't know. It's, got like, it, it's getting to that point, unfortunately. I've backed every manager all the way post-Fergie. And there is a point where you just go, well, it is the player's fault, but the managers had to have done different things here in this period. And... And Eric can't come out and say after a game, oh, I made a tactical change, I don't regret it, because that was his words. Well, you should regret it. 
you should regret that and not do it again. Don't, you know, Cobby has to start in that position. And I would be starting Camwala now in centre-back at some point because you're about to lose Varane, I think, maybe from the football club and you're still playing Johnny Evans and you're praying for for Harry Maguire to get back fit. Like, it's a mad situation. And unfortunately, it doesn't just come down to the fact that you haven't got the players that you want. So, off the pitch... Ineos looking to start pulling some strings, but obviously mm. the people making the decisions at the moment are still technically the likes of John Murter and the manager. Um, although things have to go past Ineos. So I, don't, I don't know how the dynamics are. Did you see Murto there? Did you see him in the crowd? Oh, he was sat in front of Brailsford, wasn't he? Interesting, I thought. Yeah. Like, I'm so, watching so like, over you, mate. <laughs> not just that, but if you are there together in a in a professional capacity, you would be sitting sat next to each other to talk about stuff as you go through it. And who was he actually sat next to? Mm. The manager of you know eighty Happy plus bit. years old yeah. sat there, and and that's whose ear he's got. Yeah, that's what. And they will be like we know they've had discussions with Sir Alex in terms of the wider function of not what he can offer, but he's still a director at United, so. The fact that John Murta was sat in front like like a little boy, you're just kind of like, we kind of know all this. But it must be difficult for Brailsford to come in and your director of football doesn't really have uh, an impact on the team or, or the function or the philosophy. So we are going to see those changes very soon. Talk contracts in a bit. Um, United's FFP position. Mm potentially quite troublesome so they do need to fix that up i just wanted to touch on january transfers just uh yes just a minute because it wouldn't surprise me <coughs> if casemiro was to go mm-hmm. if an offer comes in although you know maybe nothing happens there rafa varan anthony martial all players who i well rafa varan's contract will not be extended per the uh the extension clause in his deal. They're looking at renegotiating that. We'll talk about that in a second. But just in case of January transfers, Rob, mm. um, what positions do you think United will look to strengthen? I think there's Timo Werner's name is floating around. Timo Werner's name is floating around. And uh, it's even just <laughs> as, as we've been recording this podcast, uh, it's uh, it's just come out again. So... How exciting. It's a bad state of affairs, Scott, because I think you've got to kind of get better everywhere. There isn't like one position that is like, oh, fix that and it will all be fixed. Like, it's just not the truth. Um, I think we are seeing from back to front that United need to kind of really dig deep into their defence. Now, you have had injuries there. It's been a horrendous period for that. So there might be a case there that you say, well, you know, Martinez will come back. We quite like what Maguire is doing now. So maybe we stick with Maguire for a little bit. But Victor Lindelof, you know, he's going to get a triggered extension so they can sell. But Varane is now effectively going to be the past. Like you're just talking about the renegotiation. Renegotiation means we don't want to give you any money. It's exactly like David De Gea. So David De Gea, you're on too much money. You want to renegotiate, we'll give you 10 pence. And like, oh, you're not, you don't want to stay. All right. Bye. We're in the window. You just said they're Timo Werner. Does Timo Werner push you any further forward in your posi- in the way that you'd play? Well, Timo Werner can play wide. Timo Werner can play through the middle. Timo Werner would give you options. But Timo Werner has shown at Chelsea 
that he also needs a robust structure around him to score goals and didn't Timo Werner needs an entire half of the football pitch to run into. And even then, it's only about a 30% chance he scores. <laughs> exactly. No. So, God. if you're going to play counter press, I get it. Like, you look at Timo Werner and you go, Timo Werner's quick. He can. He can affect the half court, as you call it, in basketball, where you've got that space so you can run behind players. How often do Man United do that successfully in football matches? Zero. You're bottom of the league for your attack. So this is the thing. Like, you look at Timo Werner, you might be able to tempt him with a big offer, but does he push the, the needle for me? No, the answer is that's not... Do not sign him permanently. No. And loan, I don't fine if you have to. But why would he come on a loan to a club like United at the moment? Like it, it's it's a hiding to nothing. Is that again you're better off finding kids, younger players, either in your system or other clubs, bringing them in and giving them time to play in your team to learn systems and to become better. And, and I think that's where we are now. Like we talked about Garnacho, we talked about Manu, we talked about Kamwala. You've got young players in there. Maybe you should just do a little bit more of that and go and find yourself a proper midfielder that helps you, that can do all sorts of things and that can then help Cobby and it can help Bruno play the 10 and then help the striker. And then maybe behind you, you do get better because Maguire comes back, continues his form of where he was and you might then get Martin. So you're going to have to do it pragmatically, Scott. There isn't a kind of one-size-fits-all transfer out there, especially in January, that really pushes you forward towards the Champions League. That just does not exist. Tadebo. Let's talk Tadebo just off the back of it. (coughs) So uh, you're not having it, and and I'm sceptical. But profile-wise, if you're going to go buy someone who's 22, 23, 24 in that bracket, then go buy someone who's trending up that has the physicality, that can play with the ball on the deck and that can do stuff, or just get Kambuala to do that because he can do that. Reminds me a little bit, Scott, of the the whole Axel Tunzebi situation under Ole, is that Ole played him a little bit. He did really well in the Champions League and then Ole lost lost faith in him. Now, obviously, Axel Tunzebi doesn't play for Man United anymore, but, you know, he's gone. But I still think the method is there is that you've got to stick with players and give them a chance. You're going to go out there, you spend a load of money on someone like Tadebo. It's not an instant fix, but it's you thinking about the future. And that's the kind of signing I want to see. Mason Mount, Scott, not really a progressive forward-looking signing, was it? It was a, we need someone to do something now. Oh, he's injured. Oh, now what do we do with him? Does Mount walk in this team tomorrow, even with them being so bad? So there's a lot of things like that. You've got a question. I think Ineos will be doing it on day one and saying, you've bought quite a lot of footballers, but where do they all fit? Because we're not going to go and buy more for you unless you're telling us what the plan is. And and I don't think any of us really know what the plan is. <clears throat> Talking of Ineos <clears throat> and all this. <clears throat> contracts. <clears throat> because we, we mentioned Rafa Rand's contract yes. just briefly there. <clears throat> I think he's on north of £300,000 a week. Yeah. Which is just... Think about this, right? United probably have, I don't know for sure, but they have one of the highest wage bills in world football. Yeah. One of the highest wage bills in the Premier League, if not the highest. Maybe maybe City are ahead, but City should mm. be ahead because they win the league every year. Right? There is no way in hell Man United should be paying the players as much as they pay them. There is no way that their highest no. earner should be on £350,000 a week, no. £400,000 a week. No. Absolutely no way. And that is a problem that I think Ineos need to address. Absolutely. But the problem is, 
United have given these contracts out in the last six months. I know. <laughs> Their highest earner is Marcus Rashford, or one of them, or he, he will be the highest earner by the time Casemiro and, Var- and Varane leave. Hmm. That ceiling's too high. Absolutely way, way too high. And then you've got Jaden Sancho's not far off him. Hasn't played football this season. Hmm. It's a mental way of doing business. Absolutely crazy. So when you look at the, the news this week is that uh, Lindelof's contract is being triggered for an extension. Rafa Varane's isn't, but they are looking at renegotiating <coughs> with Varane. Yeah. Rob's coughing. Renegotiating Excuse with me. Varane over taking less money, probably on a two-year deal, I would say. Mm. That's that's what I would guess would happen. Not to say that Varane would accept that because he can probably get a move to a successful team as a squad player for, you know, two, three years and actually challenge for trophies. <coughs> Buy Munich. <laughs> or, or he could end up in Saudi Arabia or he could just leave the club for free and just see what happens and get out of this mess. Yeah, and... I think that's a. I know Varane is everyone's, a lot of people's favorites. There was a moment the other day, like I think it was in the Forest game, where um, Varane found himself like just on the edge of the Forest final third as there were a bunch of players in the box and the ball came out to him and he just lumped it in the air. Yeah. And I was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Control the ball. There's nobody around you. He lumped it in the air and gave it away. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he gave it away. Hmm. And I was thinking. You can't work with like no. Varane is a defender, fantastic, absolutely fantastic. But at the same time, this was another classic case of Real Madrid can't believe their luck. And we all looked at it at the time and thought, "Oh wow, what a signing this is! What a, what a player this is!" He's barely available fifty percent of the time. No. You know, so I think it's the right move. And I hope that is one that's being driven by Ineos. I wouldn't re- I wouldn't even bother renewing it personally. I think if you have to get rid of four to four centre-backs in the summer and bring in three and then rely on Martinez, Kambuala, plus another... Well, I, don't, I don't know. They're, they're probably not going to have that much wiggle room. But if you can... That, that needs a facelift, that position. It, re- it really, really does. Strikers, you need another one as well. But the difference between the Varane contract extension not being taken up and the Lindelof one being taken up, I know, Rob, you said Victor Lindelof needs to leave about 28 times on this pod. <clears throat> Lindelof's contract is probably a lot easier to shift than Varane's because mm. he's on, what, a third of the money, probably? Yeah. And I know that there's been interest in Lindelof from the likes of uh, Serie A, this kind of thing, over the past few years. So that's probably a contract where you can recoup a bit of money. Mm. nobody's buying Varane unless it's Saudi Arabia. No. You know, so I think that's the reason why they've looked at it like that. Maybe Lindelof does stay another year and he's used as a rotation option, which I'm, I'm sure is music to Rob's ears. But this has got to be, they've got to address this wage structure because it is beyond belief. And it's the reason why they're in the FFP position that they're in, or one of the reasons. It's beyond belief how big some of these contracts are for these players. They should be middle. They, they should be like fifth or sixth. I know that their revenue is massive and this kind of thing, but relative to their position, their success over the last few years, they either finish fourth or seventh or sixth, you know? So you should be in that ballpark. You're not. You're in the top two, three. Crazy. If you decide to spend all that money on your wage bill over a period of time 
and you're not winning everything or getting close to winning everything or competing, then you're doing it wrong. It's just that, isn't it? And like you just said there, like the day you buy Varane, everyone's happy. Like I was happy. You go, yeah, Varane's a great player. He's done this. He's done that. You know, him walking out in front of us. I remember I got the word that morning that it was going to happen. And I was really excited. I was like, wow, you know, Varane's going to walk out there and it's going to shock this stadium. Everyone's going to be so happy. And that's what it was. He took his picture in front of the Stratford end. But as we've seen this season, is that Varane can only help you so much. Like in that last game, Scott, I actually think he was the problem, not Johnny Evans. And that's not a good look. This is Johnny Evans, 36-year-old, who just got relegated with Leicester City. And he's now kind of your best defender on form. That's not a good look. You know, you're not helping yourself. So I think when it comes to to Varane, I think the truth is that Man United do not want him to to stay at the football club. Is that this is the same with the De Gea situation? Is that they'll say we are renegotiating? No, you're not. You don't want to play it, pay it, so you're not going to pay it. That's what it is. And you need to move him because he is literally Scott. I think in the top two or three highest paid defenders in the country. Yeah, in across the board, and I think he's top ten in any position. So someone who earns best part of 300 grand a week better help you win football matches every single week. They better be fit every single week. You've got to get somewhere forward thinking with them. But with United, that is the problem, isn't it? And every week we tend to talk about different positions. So you have to go find younger, fitter, healthier, hungrier defenders who you can play in your squad. You've got a few of them already. But you've got to keep that moving. And I think this is this is where Ineos will be with it. Because Ineos understand already that even though they've got all the billions in the world, they're not just going to chuck it at dead contracts. They would rather pay the contract off, get the player out and bring in a young player. I'm all for that. Give me that. Inject that into the Man United veins. Because that's what we need. I'm happy to lose if you've actually got a project that's moving forward. I'm not happy to lose when you're paying people 300 grand a week to jog. Because they still are a bunch of joggers, Scott. Like, that's the problem. Casemiro well, is about this, to come back. Look at this comparison. Like, yeah. I think Mo Salah and Marcus Rashford are on similar money. Yeah. Think, think about Marcus that. is on slightly more money than, than Salah. If, if, think, if, think about that. Tiny bit. And, and, and think of what? the reaction when, when Liverpool gave Salah that contract. Think of the yeah. reaction. It was... Because they broke the, they essentially broke their wage structure for him. Yeah. But yeah, that's yeah. Mo Salah, yeah. who's been doing six, seven years of 20 goals a season. Absolutely. And and if you want to take an individual example and a seasonal example, they're really perfect because you saw the other night that Salah missed a penalty, yeah? And and that could have been the end of his game. He could have gone, I'm off to AFCON in 10 minutes. Ah, God, awful night. And instead in the second half, he rolled his sleeves up, he pressed, he worked. Now, this is not a snipe at Marcus because I think Marcus is a different player. He earns the big money, so he understands it's his job to get the team going and win football matches. And even said after the game, Scott, his interview, he said, I have faith in the players to carry on winning without me. But he was kind of hinting, like, I'm the big dog here. But he earns that money because of that. You look at United, Scott, they're all, like, pretend to be the big dog, but none of them are. None of them show up when you want them to show up. They don't press. They don't run. They don't, they don't work hard all the time. Where Salah is off now for a month or so. And he's like, right, I'm going to leave you with a present this win and I'm going to work hard. So you have to trend that way. You have to go find players that help you do that. And it's not going to get solved in the January transfer window. This is a long-term project. You're going to have to bring players in of a different mindset. It reminds me of when 
City went out all those years ago and bought Vincent Company. I was desperate for United to buy Company. He'd been linked to us for about a year. It's a long he time ago. He was on the shortlist as well, wasn't he? He was on the shortlist and, and literally done deal. And again, a man United dilly dallied around, and Man City looked at that and went, We can build around this defender. It might take us time. But we'll bring him in from that league, you know, an inferior league to ours, and we'll work with him. We'll get him go forward. And of course, Vincent Company is now a kind of bona fide Hall of Famer, isn't he? He's still in the league as a manager now at Burnley. United needs to do that. United needs to look abroad, look in England, and find players that help you do that and take the next step. It doesn't. The players we bought, Scott, in the last eighteen months haven't helped us do that. Let's be honest. You just said Anthony. We talked Casemiro. We talked Frank. None of them have been needle pushers. I just hope, fingers crossed, that Martinez can come back from this pretty bad injury that he's had and can hit the ground running because he's going to get judged, isn't he? Is that if he starts having bad games, we're going to be going. He's really oh, the... been the only one you can call a success. Yeah. The butcher's the lost his cleaver, like it's going to be. I can see the headlines already in the next few weeks and months, and and it will be unfair on him, like it is unfair on Luke Shaw when he comes back, gets rushed back, and it's like, oh, Luke Shaw looks a little bit jaded. It's like, yeah, he's had a bad injury. We have to work with these players and slowly bring them back. Um, I, I see the manager trying to do some of that, but also I see the manager being very, very rigid with his tactics and not really wanting to change things. Right. Okay. That was tougher than I thought. We weren't going down that route, were we? <laughs> we're gonna. Uh, but we will be uh, we'll be back regularly, even though United aren't playing much football. Yeah. Uh, back at the end of this week, Friday, I'd imagine we'll then follow up with a Tuesday post FA Cup exit to Wigan. Hmm. You just nodded at that. <laughs> Great. Uh, we'll see. And then they play Tottenham, but then it's another could be a killer, couldn't it? Off. Yeah, like, it, it really could be that it, one because Tottenham are without Saar, Son, Bissouma, as well as their injuries. Maybe Madison's back by then. But if Spurs go to Old Trafford and outplay you, oof, my God. I was talking about Wigan. Oh, Wigan. Okay. Because if we if Wigan beat you in the oh, cup, yeah, yeah, yeah. because your players who are not at either the like African Cup of Nations, if, if, if you've got you've lost your goalkeeper, you're you're then going to make that excuse again, aren't you? Of oh, I haven't got the right team out there, so they've not done X, Y, and Z. I finally think Scott, I think they'll be all right in the FA Cup, like they were in the League Cup uh, in that in the game against Newcastle, where they showed that they can do it when they rotate, and then after that the team which is the first team was worse than the rotated team. So I kind of get we'll see some of that. But Scott, that weekend game's dangerous because if you lose that in front of Dave, Dave Brailsford and the players run around and jog, I don't know if you make it to Spurs. Like, like they might just completely pull the trigger, but then Spurs might be the killer. Like you might, if, if it doesn't work for you in the FA Cup and then you play a sonless Spurs, yeah, and they beat you, I don't know. We're, how, Wigan are 17th in League One. How do you survive? It's a bad Wigan team. This is not Wigan that won the FA Cup all those years ago. You know, it's a bad Wigan team. I've got mates who are Wigan fans, so I know how bad they are. But it doesn't mean that they can't come and punch you in the mouth. You know, especially if you allow it and put your chin out and say, yeah, have a go. And that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about that kind of United will just underestimate them and say, well, yeah, we, can't, we won't lose this game. Mm, you might. So you're going to have to play well to beat Wigan. Sorry, loads of size. I don't know how that comes across on an audio. Um, but Not great, hopefully but, but can, we're, uh... we're trying our best. 
Yes. Oh, You've got to tell it as it is. I think that's what people will get on our show, Scott, is that we'll try and be as truthful as possible, is that we'll give our opinions, but we'll also see what we call in terms of like the punditry side of it. And and I think that's what worries me more with Man United is that the plan is there, but how do you execute the plan? You've got to do it with the players you've got. There's no choice. That'll do for us. New year. Uh, new tone, maybe a little bit more defeatist. Is it? I, I don't know. No, not uh, at all. Think, no, things need to change. I think that the in the grand scheme of things, at least, hopefully, things can change soon. I just hope they don't sign Timo Werner on a permanent <laughs> deal. Please stop making the same problems you've been making. Just end it now. If you if you need him on loan for six months because Martial's going, oh, fine. Chupo Motin. Thomas Muller, <laughs> all these names are floating around. Um, God, just if, if you have to do it, just do it for six months, right? Get a, get a course back if you have to, just for six That's months. That's you saying that. <laughs> for six months, but like, let's, let's turn the page. Let's start to turn the page now. Don't commit to anything that you're going to regret in a year's time, please. That's what well, I'm saying. Well, let, let's leave it at this as well, right? Eric Ten Hag has said two things very distinctly. One, oh, I've not had time to speak to Ineos. I don't believe that. I don't think that's true. And two, the, the other caveat, I want to work with them and they want to work with me. I'm not 100% convinced by that either. I'm not convinced that they are going and this is our guy yet. They might somewhere down the line go, yeah, we like Eric Ten Hag. We've liked what he's done in the first few weeks since we've been here. But I don't see that at the moment. I don't see Dave Brailsford sat there. And and they've not actually come out and said that, Scott. Like, I know we're going through ratification, but we've they've not said Eric's our guy, we want to stick with him. Because when results are as bad as they are and performances are as bad as they are, they know the pressure is on them as the new entity at Man United to make changes. And that includes the playing staff and the managerial staff. So that's where we stand at the moment. It's, it's not new year, new us, but hopefully a new set of brains up top at Manchester United in the boardroom that can give us a proper football direction. Cause the manager comes somewhere down the line there for me. It's not the most important man at the football club today. Hopefully in the future, that's where you get to where your manager can reflect what your philosophy is at the football club. But he has to make the decisions along the way to get to that point. And it's absolutely at the moment. It's just difficult at the moment, but anyway, yeah, let us know what you think. Get us in, get in touch with us on social media at double underscore Scott Saunders at underscore Rob underscore B and at TPL MUFC. Thanks again for listening last year. Please do so this year and tell your friends about it. If you're, if, if you're your mates, are United fans, um, just tell them about it. Even if they're not and they want to listen to some Man United ramblings, let them know to listen to our podcast, which you can find on YouTube. And you should subscribe to it as well if you haven't already there. Apple, Google, Spotify for audio as well. The Promise and the Man United podcast. Like the video, subscribe, leave a comment. Hit the notification bell as well. And uh, we'll see you later this week for another Promised Land podcast episode. The good news is that we don't have to talk about a defeat in between the next two podcasts because there's no football. I think it's going to be quite a lot to talk about still. Like There's yeah, going to probably. be now with the January transfer window. I think we're going to be talking a little bit more player-specific things because you might get a shock one day, wake up and Casemiro is just gone out the football club and you're like, what happened there? So I think there's going to be a lot to talk about because there's going to be a few things, I would say, in the makeup of the squad that change in the next few weeks. Have a great week, everyone. Happy New Year. And we'll see you soon for another Promised Land podcast from Scott and Rob. Until next time. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.